Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real life property, business, and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. Now, for some of you that are wondering where I've been for the last few weeks, I've had a lot of people message me say, James, what's going on, man? Where are you? We are so used to having a podcast dropping every Friday morning at 9.30 or 10 o'clock, around that kind of time. And for the last three weeks, there's been nothing. And you know what? You're absolutely right. There hasn't been anything out there. I haven't put any podcasts out there. There's a very, very good reason for that. It's not something I'm going to go into into too much detail, but I've had I've had some personal devastating news, some family, uh, some family issues going on. Uh, and it's kind of thrown me for six. So I've taken some time out just to kind of recoup, reform and just, you know, reboot and come back again with this podcast here, which is most likely to be one of the last ones of the year before I re-pick it back up in January with um, weekly content and some really, really exciting guests. I've got a number of people lined up that I'm going to be interviewing, probably around 40 people uh, that I've already agreed to come onto the podcast. So it's not as if I haven't got anybody who isn't coming on to the podcast. It's just that due to this personal uh, family situation with a family member who I'm very, very, very close with, uh, I've just had to take some time out to recoup, rethink and kind of reformat and reboot almost. Uh, um, but, you know, I wanted to put this podcast out here just to let people know that I am still here. James is still here. The J2 Hub podcast is still here. It's just taking a little bit of a um, kind of a, a breather, so to say, with the run up to Christmas, and we're coming back in January full force. But I couldn't just record a message and just leave it at that. I had to get a pop- podcast in, and this is a one of those ones where it's just going to be myself talking, and I wanted to cover a number of things. So I'm sitting here, December. What are we on? December the eighth, while I'm recording this, uh, and it will go out in the next couple of days. We've gone through two lockdowns. Wow, two lockdowns. Yeah. So the first one in March which was kind of like, wow, what is going on here? How are we going to deal with this? What are we going to do? Um, I know most people who were in that first lockdown, I know for the first month, a lot of people were excited because there's no work. You know, and if you've got a job and you're contracting with someone or you're working with someone, it was pretty, pretty damn good because you just got an extended holiday. And as time went on, I know it was... um, It was difficult for people to deal with mentally as well, you know, being in a confined space or changing their approach to work and working from home. And we covered this on a number of the podcasts me and Tej did on the Property Duo, uh, where we spoke about mental health and we spoke about how you can get yourself into a routine and, you know, how you could work effectively during the first lockdown. The first lockdown was great for me. and I know it was great for a lot of people that used it very, very wisely to bring out a lot of content and post and really work on themselves or work on their self-development or work on their brands or their businesses. So, you know, if you did that, you know, thumbs up to you guys, because uh, I know a lot of people use that wisely and really leverage that time to kind of um, get themselves out there with some, you know, with some decent kind of following and and some decent products have come from it um 
Yellow Tea Man, my uh, my partner in crime on the Property Duo uh, podcast, obviously used it to write his book. You know, and what a damn amazing book that is! It's on my bookshelf. I've started reading it. I'm going to do a separate review on that later because it deserves a full on review because it is such a good book. But you know, it just goes to show. Uh, the guy was able to write a full book and I know Ted put his learning program together. So it just goes to show some of the things people have been able to do during lockdown and with some kind of, you know, laser focus and really setting those clear brown boundaries and goals and vision on wanting to achieve something. So, yeah, first lockdown, um, it was a bit of a funny one for me because uh, the way it went for me was my uh, letting agents took full advantage of the first lockdown and the government's rules on tenants not having to pay any rent, or if they're hard up, they don't need to be paying any rent. So my letting agents took full advantage of that and stopped rent literally the day it was announced and said to me, hey, you know, um, the guys don't really want to pay any more money and tried to palm it off by saying there was a number of problems in the house. I was aware of problems in the house, but as letting agents who were managing the property, they should have been sorting it, which they didn't do. Cut a long story short, we sent out a letter before action just to say, hey, man, we're going to take some action against you. You better be warned. And they were just like, piss off, James. We're not interested, man. Do what you want to do. Uh, The second letter went out before action. And again, it was the same kind of response. Um, I know from being in these situations previously that you really want to go into some kind of mediation. Judges would love a mediation process where you're actually taking an active approach to resolve what's going on, resolve any arguments or try to come to some kind of resolution rather than just taking it full on to court. These guys weren't interested. I was prepared to sit down and do something with them. But no, they weren't having none of it. Um, They just wanted to string it out as much as they could. So we put in a court claim, money claim online, nice and simple to do. I would urge anybody to get on that if somebody owes you money. It's such a simple, simple process. We went through that, put that on. And again, they filed a defense. So filing a defense saying that, you know, we think James's claim is a load of bullshit. He's got no legs to stand on. And they started quoting this and they started quoting that. And, you know, you read it. And if you're new to putting a money claim on online or if you're just new generally to claiming against someone, it can all come across as quite a bit of a threat, you know, and you think, oh, man, damn, am I, am, is this not going to happen? Is this not going to go through? But you know what? You need to stick to your guns. And especially in property, if there's any issues you've got, you know, I highly recommend becoming a member of the NLRA. Um, have a look at my Instagram post. There is a discount code there. Gets you 15 quid off and it gets me a little bit of money off as well for my following year. But those guys have been absolutely worth their weight in gold in the whole process that I went through dealing with these agents. You know, they were able to offer me some advice and I spent hours on the phone with them. And you think for a £70 a year membership, these guys are so damn clued up. You know, I'm talking, you can off, you can ask them any question, you can fire any situation at them. And these guys know exactly what you need to do. Now, obviously, I'm left with the predicament of getting my property back. And to give you an example, uh, the, the, the support team there at NLRA were able to say to me, hey, James, you need to serve these guys with a section 48, which meant that I'm getting the property back in my control. They said to me, look, you need to try and meet with every single tenant and have a conversation. That's exactly what I did. And in the end, through the advice of the NLRA and through some kind of general, just a little bit of a shoulder to cry on, listen to every tenant's concern, I was able to get these guys on site and they agreed 
to actually leave the property within 30 days. Now, the tactic that I deployed to get these guys out of my property was it wasn't a shady tactic, but I would say it was very, very well thought out. So the agents owe me money, but the tenants actually think that it's them who owe me money. You know, obviously, the agent had the house on a rent to rent agreement. So the agent was collecting the rent and passing it on to me. But in my case, obviously, he wasn't passing it on to me. But the tenants were, they weren't educated enough to know that they owed the money to the agent. So I was able to go in on the tactic of saying, look, if you guys agree to leave within 30 days or within one calendar month, I'm happy to wipe off any money that you owe me, um, knowing full well that they didn't owe me, they owed the agent. Now, you can imagine five tenants in the house causing grief. The minute you've turned around and said to them, hey, you guys are going to, I'm wiping up a two and a half thousand pound debt here. Some of them were up to three thousand pound debt. They were like, okay, give me that paperwork. Let's sign this. So now I'm in a position where I've got a paperwork saying these guys are leaving in 30 days. If they don't leave in 30 days, the full debt is going to be enforced on them. And there was a money claim form in there ready in this pack with their names on it saying, look, if it's not done, I am filing this. So these guys knew I was talking business. Now, being the kind of person that I am, I wasn't just going to leave them in the lurch. I actually actively helped them find new places to live. I spoke to landlords locally in the area and I was able to get this group a new house, which they really, really liked. I even went to the extent of hiring a van and helping these guys move out because I wasn't taking any damn chances on them not leaving on that 30th day when they said they were going to leave. So cut a long story short, uh, the day arrives when they're about to leave, and remarkably, the house is empty. Okay, there's odd bits of furniture lying around. There's a lot of mess in the kitchen, but hey, I, I can deal with this. I can deal with this, you know. At this point, I've lost considerable amount of rent already. The property is in such a shit condition that it needs to be stripped back and redone. So I could deal with this. I could deal with the rubbish. It, it took about three or four skips just to get all the rubbish out that they'd left there. So it was a considerable amount, but generally they'd left their rooms clean, which was quite a nice sight to see. So, you know, these guys are happy. They've moved on. I negotiated a little bit of a kickback with the new landlord and said, look, come on, man, I've bought five tenants to you. What are you going to give me? So, you know, he gave me £60 per per tenant that signed a contract with him. So happy days for me. I earned a little bunny, little bit of money that covered, you know, some of the cost of the skips and the and the hire van. So that was a nice little tactic deployed there. But the most important thing here was that I managed to get my property back without having to do anything further with these agents who were demanding, no, you got to pay us £3,000. you got to pay us X amount of money and we'll hand you over the keys. I didn't need the keys. I already had the keys. The thing was getting this property back in my control. And I think they were absolutely damn shocked when I was able to do that and get every single tenant to sign a new contract saying that they are moving out and any other contract was now terminated. So the agents were as you can imagine, pretty pissed off because they've now got nothing that they can fire at me. They can do nothing. So bringing this back to my money claim online. Um, so, you know, they've gone in and done this whole defense saying, oh, under the Housing Act and under this act and under that act, you can't do this. And we're going to counterclaim against you for this. We're going to counterclaim against you for that. So again, I forward this on to the NLRA. They look at it and they tell me, James, this is a load of nonsense. Nothing like this applies 
in your scenario. So I was able to go back and say to the agents again, look, hey, I'm here. Let's have a conversation. Let's mediate this out. Let's see how we can come to some kind of agreement. Because at this point, you guys owe me in excess of £6,000 or £7,000 worth of rent. Let's do something. Come on, let's have a conversation. Um, again, not willing, sticking to their guns, not doing nothing. Um, you know, I carried it forward. I pursued it. I, I, I put my counterclaim in against them. And, you know, lo and behold, lo and behold, only last week on the 3rd of December, these guys have now got a CCJ against them for the full rent, the court fees, and the interest that I've applied to it. Obviously, because I'm going to, if I can apply interest to it, if I'm legally allowed to apply the interest to it, I'm going to do it. Now, these guys have now got a CCJ registered against their company. Now, I, if I'm being honest with you, I was a little bit concerned a month ago because they had CCJs against them previously. And I thought, oh, man, these CCJs are coming in fast, man. These are coming in big. They're huge amounts and fast. But to my surprise, when we did a credit check on their company a few weeks later, these CCJs had been settled. Now, this got me quite excited because I thought to myself, okay, this means that they do not want to fold the company because there must be something associated or attached to this company that they cannot be in a situation where it's deemed to have CCJs in it. And obviously, they've got 30 days to settle this county court judgment and they can apply to have it removed, which I believe they've done. So mine has gone in on the 3rd of December. I haven't had any calls from them, but I suspect I probably would have some kind of text message from them anytime soon saying, hey, James, can we do something? And the answer is no, because I've been very reasonable up until now. I'm actually quite a you know, laid back, reasonable kind of bloke. But in the case of this situation, even my mother said to me, hey, son, you cannot let these guys get away with it, you know. And once the boss is spoken, the boss is spoken. You know, she said to me, clearly, this needs to be dealt with so they don't do it to anybody again. It's not as if we need the money or we're short of the cash, but it's the whole principle of the thing that they could go and do this to somebody who may rarely be relying on that cash to fund their lifestyle or to live or to eat or to pay their bills. So happy to say the CCJ has gone in on the 3rd of December. Uh, it's there. It's on their credit file. I checked it this morning. Bang, Shoreditch Court. Thank you very much. It's there. So now I'm just going to sit back and hold and wait and see what their next course of action is. I'm confident they're going to want to get this resolved and get it off their file. If not, I'm then going to escalate this to the high court where I can warrant a kind of bailiff to go and do the next stages. I'm not too clued up on that stage, but I will be ringing the NLRA who are very clued up on it and they can let me know what's going on. So have a little breath there. But that is the situation that arose in the first lockdown. And since then, it's been resolved. And I'm happy to say it has been resolved because a lot of you were on the journey with me where I was talking about it every single week, about the shitty wall, about the landlords, about the sorry, about the rogue management agent, the tenants that were actually quite nice in the end. We, you know, we built up a bit of a relationship. I still get a message from them now and again saying, hey, James, is there any mail for me? Can I come and pick it up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, the situation has been resolved. And, you know, um, the agents um, who I don't really want to name because I don't want to give them any exposure on any of the platforms um, have been dealt with and have been dealt with in the correct way. So, Word of advice to anybody going through this, do not let a management agent or a letting agent or an estate agent bully you, okay? There's systems out there for you to um, 
deal with this in the right manner. You know, if somebody if somebody's not willing to have a conversation and sit down and come to some kind of agreement, then there are ways and means this can be dealt with. So get out there and deal with it in the correct way. Moving on from that, the refurb, the refurb of the HMO, which, uh, yeah, we looked at it and we thought, you know what, we'll get a simple refurb done. But then we made the decision that, look, no, we don't do that. We don't deliver a shit product. We want this to be a quality co-living space. So, you know, something that we were just going to get sorted and get back on the market has now become a back to brick renovation. And if you follow me on my Instagram, which is James H. Sohota, so at James H. Sohota, you can see the progress of this HMO from day one, from when we took it back over to where it is now. So I do regular documents and regular updates there. You know, with me, you get a no bullshit conversation. You get a no bullshit documentary that goes out there of the HMO. If something's messed up, I'm going to tell you it's messed up. If we've screwed up, I'm going to tell you we've screwed up. Uh, So you get a no bullshit kind of document there of everything that's going on. So it started off really, really well. You know, called on my power team, got it really nicely designed. We thought about it. Some of the rooms are a little bit smaller, but we made sure we took a little bit from this room, a little bit from that room, because we wanted to give this house the product that it deserves. You know, it's a beautiful looking house. If you've seen it, it's in a beautiful location. It overlooks uh, some really nice parks. And, you know, people move to this area because it is such a lovely, lovely area. So we wanted to create such a professional product for the professional out there. And, and I believe we're on the route to doing that. Um, but along the way, you know, we've had some issues. We've had uh, Mistake Major, who me and Ted again did a podcast about. Um, he had at the same time, he had a rogue builder. And again, this builder took on the job and actually ended up causing me more damage than work he did. Initially, it looked like he knew what he was doing. But in the end, when he turned up to site, pissed out of his face Uh, enough is enough. And I think that's a telltale sign just to say, hey, on your bike, mate. And I again, I would urge everybody out there, if you're ever in a situation where a builder is doing something like that or a contractor, he needs to be out on his bike. So get rid of him as soon as you can. Uh, Because if he's doing that early on in the project, God knows what's going to happen later on. And don't ever Don't ever let a builder hold you by the nuts or, you know, hold you by the neck where you think, oh, you know what? I can't get rid of this guy. If I get rid of him, my project's going to go to shit. No, your project isn't going to go to shit. You're going to lose some time, but you will meet another contractor who can step in and sort it out. So, again, mistake mistake major. Everybody knows his name anyway. Court claims gone in against you because, mate, I did think about not doing it. But, you know, the way you reacted when we were trying to get something sorted just wasn't to my liking. So we are going to have to do something about this to get it resolved. Again, I can't let you get away with this. I can survive this, but anybody else, you may have caused massive damage to them. You left my house half open. There was water seeping in, you know, all my bricks are wet. I've had dehumidifiers in that house now for a number of weeks, which cost me some serious money to hire. Um, And, you know, I'm trying to resolve your mistakes. So I'm well within my right to put a court claim in. I wasn't going to do it, but I am going to do it. But anyway, getting over the dodgy builder, I got my usual contracting team in. You know, they were fantastic. It's so nice seeing seven to eight people on site. And if anybody's seen the progress from when Mistake Major was fired to when um, AG Services was in it was was employed, um, was employed, sorry, get my words out, and Vasily, who's the head contractor who I've known for about 15 years, 
when he first came in this country, he did a nice little flat conversion for me. Um, and he's, oh my God, he's improved so much since then. I mean, these guys are building rows of houses now. So this was a really small project for them, but he helped me out, got him on board and He's doing such a fantastic job. It's so nice when somebody knows what they're doing. It's just so nice when you walk to site and you see people shining lasers to make sure walls are straight or, you know, doing something or going the extra mile to make sure the job's done properly. Um, so really, really happy with with the new build team I've got on board. And, you know, they've uh, they've done a fantastic job so far. And if you're not following me on the Instagram, do follow me on the Instagram because I'm putting regular live updates on there. And some of you have probably met uh, the little man, the little man known as Nico, who's one of the one of the kind of master builders on site. Very, very skillful guy. Very, very intuitive, very, very creative, comes up with solutions. And, you know, he's had this cooker linked up in the garden where he's been cooking lamb chops and cooking chicken dinners for himself. And it's just so amazing to see see what this little guy gets up to with his limited English and his limited kind of communication skills. It's such a joy to work with him. Um, budget, budget on the build has drastically increased. You know, we were going to try and get this in at around £120,000 but we're probably in at just a tad over £150,000 because we decided to add an extension. You know, when Mistake Major left me in the shit, I had a couple of weeks to just walk around the house and look around, and I thought, you know what? This space doesn't quite work here. We need to do something with this, and, you know, we decided now's the perfect time, and I'm so, so glad that we opened up the space because it's created such a uh, a fantastic communal area with the kitchen and the stroke living area. And for me, um, I very much put myself in a co-living space and think, you know what, if I was living here, how would I be working? How do I want to be working? What's going to make me happy? What's going to make me most productive? So there's certain things in this HMO that other investors or other developers wouldn't do. But for me, sometimes I will spend extra money if it means that the people living there are going to have a better standard of living, if they're going to be performing at optimum peak because of the things that I've put in for them. Um, and, you know, ultimately, they are my clients. And ultimately, without them, I don't actually have a product. So I very much think on the flip side of where I want to give them something superb that they love to come home to and it's a and it's a place that really brings out the best in someone and allows them to be at the best best at their game you know so i'm looking forward to finishing this project off it has been quite tiring um i did do this on a labor only basis so i have been managing the materials and it's been great managing the materials actually because i needed to have a little bit of a a, a recap on how much things are costing because it's been a long time since i purchased materials the last few jobs have just been handed over to a project manager or to a contractor who's man managed all the trades and all the materials so it's nice to kind of finally get back in and think wow prices have risen since the last time you did this james but it, it's cool to see that now I'm building a kind of spreadsheet where I know what my costs are for flooring. I know what my costs are per square meter of an ensuite. I know how much suites are costing me. I know all this stuff now, which is something that I just needed to refresh on. So that's partly the reason why I decided to control the material budget. And obviously it allows me to shop around and find things at a slightly better price than a, a contractor might do. Because for him, it may be convenient just to go to the first point of call to buy something but yeah the refurb is running smoothly uh we've really made back some time on it 
uh, really put some special little features in there, you know, uh, really treated this building with the with the kind of respect it deserved. It's a Victorian house. Certain features have been left as they should be. We've addressed the windows and put them back to sash. Uh, not to spoil the look of the house, because you know what? Although this is a cash machine or a cash flow business or a, you know, whatever you want to call a HMO, whatever it is, I think it's people very, very quickly forget that there is a certain degree of, um, I think, onus on yourself to ensure that the look of the building still remains the same. You know, if you're looking down the, the row of houses and it's a conservation area, why would you want to put odd windows in or why would you want to put a big composite door in and spoil that look? For me, that's a massive, massive no-no. Uh, and, you know, if it blows the budget slightly to ensure that the product is looking as it should do down the road and it's not upsetting the local neighbours, it's not upsetting the local planning department because you've done something that you shouldn't have done, even though you're allowed to do it, I would make sure that I don't do it because I've, you know, the building deserves a little bit of sympathy and it needs to, you need to uphold that. Otherwise you're just going to ruin a beautiful area. So yeah, certain things have ended up costing us more. Has it been enjoyable? Yes, 100%. It's been enjoyable. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's getting a little bit tiring now that we're coming to the end. Um, other issues with projects along the way have been, um, I, I've put a halt on a couple of HMOs that were due to start work last month up in the northeast which is another investment spot of mine so those have gone on hold even though so i mean we own the buildings outright there's no there's no mortgage on them so we bought four houses together which are going to be converted into two lots of houses and give us you know 12 more rooms and when i mean this location is a damn good location you're never going to get a location this close to the uni unless it is a uni building uh so I thought, you know what? Let's put it on hold. It's probably not going to let for another year. We won't, we won't, um, we won't think too much about that at the moment. Gives us extra time to plan it and see where we go with that. So that's been put on hold. Um, and again, actively, we have sites under offer here in London where we're looking for our new builds. Excuse me, throat's getting a bit dry, but we've actively got sites here that we've got under offer where in the new year really really looking forward to and really really excited actually to get back into the new build game um i was quite surprised actually i've done, done a couple of webinars for other people where i've been on as a guest and people have been more excited about the small quirky new builds than they have about the hmo model and i need to flip that up a little bit more and concentrate more on on, on giving some knowledge about the new builds um because it's an area i know a lot of people want to go into it's an area that you need to tread with caution it's an area where you need to have some deep pockets it's an area where you can lose some serious amounts of money it's an area which could very very easily finish you so i want to try and bring out some content more educating people on that side as well so yeah the new year looks exciting in the sense of there's a lot of projects going on it's going to be full glands blazing I'm looking forward to having some time off over Christmas so I can spend it with my family and obviously spend it with my family member who's going through a bit of a hard time at the moment. And you know what? just want to say on that note that it just goes to show that property really does give you some freedom. You know, it really allows you to live your life in a certain way that when certain situations arise in life, whereas you may need to be off work or you may need to be supporting another family member through something, property has allowed me to do that. So property has been my friend 
when devastation has kicked in or where some really bad hardcore news has kicked in, property has really been my friend this time around. So I'm so grateful to it in that sense. You know, most of the time we're moaning about shit, but this time around I'm actually thankful that I'm full-time in property because it's meant I can readjust and change my life in the sense that I need to. On a personal note, um, have been loving the old morning runs. I know a lot of people have joined the old James's. Uh, it's not an official club, but it's just called the 555 Club, which is you train five days a week at 5 a.m. Uh, and you must get five sessions in. So it's a pretty, um, yeah, it's just a play on numbers. But a few people have come on board and we started this new thing here where we started sharing the, uh, sharing the runs on the watch. So we've got a bit of a group going together, which is really motivating people. So if you want to become part of the 555, just get in touch. We'll get you on the running list there and you can come and join us. It's just a, it's just a bit of a laugh. It's nice. We take the mick out of each other. We try to break records. We try to break times. We're no, we're no elite athletes whatsoever. Just at the moment, it's just a group of, you know, slightly overweight men <laughs> trying to get into uh, trying to get into good shape. Uh, lastly, what I wanted to touch on as well is a bit of a self, not a bit of a plug really, um, actively looking for investors. So if you're out there and you're thinking, you know what, I've got some money in the bank and I want to earn some, you know, I want to earn something on it, get in touch. Got a full-on investor pack that I'm happy to send out to people. Gives you some background knowledge on me, who I am, what I do, what I've done in the past, what I'm looking to do in the future, looking to work with people who may want to work on some of these new build projects. Uh, we're not looking for a joint venture partner. We're just looking for capital to be raised at this uh, but that, at this stage where we give you a, you know, a fixed percentage back. There are some JV partnerships coming up towards the middle of the year. But if you're interested in kind of working with myself, you know, it's going to be an exciting journey. People are often worried and say, hey, James, you're a bit of a live wire. But let me tell you something. James has solid systems, processes and a model in place that he follows. So if you are interested in doing something on that account, you know, do get in touch with me. Reach out to me on Instagram, DM me, or if you've got my email, it's just james at jamesahota.co.uk. Let me know how I can assist you with that or if you want some more information, actively looking to work with investors, aggressively looking to grow next year, especially in the new build sector. And if you've seen the last new build I did, it was a no money left in deal in London. Could I pull another one of those off again? I reckon I probably could. So there's some exciting stuff going on next year. So do get in contact. Lastly, I just want to say thank you for everybody who's been part of the J2 Hub journey so far. I made a promise to myself on the 1st of January that I would release an episode every single week. Although we've come to the end and I have flopped a little bit in the month of December, uh, there's a very good reason for it. But have I stuck to my goal of getting an episode out every single week? 52 episodes. Yes, I'm at episode number 60. So I'm in front. I'm already eight episodes ahead. So I've met the target there. So I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. But do keep, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't gone anywhere. People have messaged and said, where are you, James? I'm very much still here. So yeah, carry on following the J2 Hub podcast. Do get on the the Facebook page and leave us a review if you haven't done already. Uh, Apple iTunes as well or Apple Podcast. Leave us a review there if you haven't. You know, it really helps. Don't make any money from the podcast. It's something that I love doing, putting information back out there for people, trying to help them out. Hopefully people can learn from my mistakes and not make the same mistakes and, you know, be a few steps ahead um, and in terms of their knowledge, knowledge base. So, yeah. J2 Hub podcast on the Facebook page. Leave us a review. Leave us a pay uh, review on there. 
Apple Podcast. And uh, if you're interested in investing with me, working with some deals with me in the new year, I can promise you it'll be a damn good, exciting journey. I'll make sure we have lots of fun and, you know, you get to see the whole process on how I work, how I source the site, how I do things. So, yeah, reach out to me. Once again, thank you so much, guys, people that have reached out. Um, I may talk about my situation with this family member on a different podcast, but for now, I'm not going to say too much about it. It's quite private. I'd like to keep it private for now. But yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And always here, happy to help if anybody's got any questions, anybody wants to reach out, or you know, if you just want to discuss, connect, or whatever. Thank you again. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub Podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.